This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Rob. Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Croiso, hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast by myself, Rich Fay, and by Nathan Salt. It's another bumper weekend following Wrexham. We had the highs of Saturday when we were all cheering on Boreham Wood, and then by Monday, they were our worst nightmare as they struck injury time to hold us to a draw, dent and maybe burst that bubble we had of a potential title challenge ourselves. Uh, Wrexham still very much... You know, in the mix, it looks very unlikely at this stage. It's advantage Stockport, but the pressure's all in their hands, and pressure might be a privilege, but it can make strange things happen. We, of course, face Stockport at the race course this weekend. If they win, they win the league. If Wrexham were to win, they'd put the pressure back on them again, and who knows what might happen in those final two league games. Naif, it's been a very busy weekend. Like I said, very mixed emotions, maybe need a little bit of a reality check and a little bit of a calming of our nerves, take a step back, realise that we are doing very well in the grand scheme of things, but it's a really sort of tricky mood, isn't it, this week? It's it's hard, you know, it's obvious that we feel a bit disappointed, but we're still in a very lucky position and very privileged given how poorly the season had started. Yeah, I mean, if you would have offered me second place trip to Wembley in a cup final within three points of the leaders uh, facing the, you know, a win away from going top by a couple of goals in the penultimate round of match. I'd have snapped your hand off for that, um, especially sort of a few games into the season when it looked like we were, we, we weren't gelling as fast as I thought we would. And, and maybe that was a bit naive. Um, it was interesting because I was walking through the streets of Venice and that's the very first world problem to have. Walking through the streets of Venice, listening to the commentary of the game against Southend, and it and it that one played out as I expected it to. And I think as we teed it up, in that it, they're a good team, and I think there will be there'll be an even better team next season. Good club, good fan base, and they made it tough. And it, and you were there, Rich, and it sounded like the away fans 
by the by the one bloke he sent me in a Man United shirt. It sounded like they made a good amount of noise and and were one of the better travelling fan bases. But yeah, but agent Jamal Fifield, he, he did the job. He did he did three quarters of the job and then couldn't quite help see us over the line. I think yeah, it's it's frustrating. But look, if you would have offered me this position at the start of the season, I I wouldn't have thought twice about taking it. Exactly, and you know, obviously the manner of the draw at Boreham Wood, who had 10 men, it was very sort of maybe Wrexham traditionally over the years and that you always feel is that pessimism around the corner. But if you if you sort of take a step back, you need to look at the wider reason. And the reason why Wrexham might miss out on the title this season is not because we lost at Woking and we drew at Boreham Wood. It's that early season form. We took 17 points from our first 36 available. So, you know, that was a massive, massive drop-off there in which we really could have capitalised. That was, you know, 19 points dropped from your first 12 matches of the season. So that might be why we, we fall short, but take a step back. Like you said, we've won 18 of our last 23 matches. Only three of those have been defeats. We're going to head into the playoffs guaranteed, you know, probably still at the, the team to defeat. We've beaten just about every team in the top seven, I think. I think we actually have beaten every team in the top seven this season now. And, you know, uh, not Solihull Moors, sorry, they're the only exception there, but we've beaten everyone else at some stage. And, mm. you know, it, I mean, I got a reply to this on Twitter and it was, you know, if Wrexham win the next five matches, they get promoted and win the FA Trophy. So we know we can go on these incredible runs of, of victory. We know that we're a difficult team to beat. Again, the concern for me is just that we've been a little bit flat in the start of games. I think that was the case against Southend as well. It was another good second half showing, another you know great team talk from Parky at the break. It reminded me of Chesterfield away, where we were nil-nil at halftime, overrun, and then Ollie Palmer scored twice. You know, going into the playoffs, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. And, you know, the the fact of the matter is we win more games than we lose. So we're, in a, we're still in a very good position. Like you said, Nath, it's just... Emotions are still raw. They're always going to be raw, particularly yeah. after full time. Southend, like you said, was another good win. They're a team who will be, I think, sort of fifth or sixth next season. I know it's very early to predict that, but they've looked much better in the second half of the season. They've still had a few poor results themselves. And then, yeah, Boreham Wood, again, another team who will always be in and around the mix of the playoffs. They're going to miss out on them this season. But, you know, the fact that they beat Stockport two days earlier shows how good a team they they also are, how well drilled they are. And we all remember from the first game at the, the race course that they are sort of masters of the dark arts. They know how to frustrate you. They know how to really like create a low block and make it really difficult to, to break them down. And yeah, it's disappointing. But again, the other aspect and the other point I want to hammer home is we're just victims of our own success. The reason why fans are disappointed is because we went on such an incredible incomprehensible sort of unbeaten run and string of winning matches that we clawed back an 11 point gap to one and we're now in a position where we're feeling up you know a little heartbroken that we might not win the league we're like there was a point where we're saying (laughs) will we definitely get playoffs we have to go for fifth or sixth you know Grimsby were looking great at one point Chesterfield looking one point great at one point they're both way behind us now yeah Chesterfield could miss out on the playoffs altogether so too could Grimsby and one of those teams could quite easily miss out on the playoffs. And look, we, we've established ourselves since January as the best team in the league, I think. Since Ollie Palmer's signed, we have been the best team. So, yeah, we've just got to be grateful that we're in the position we're in. 
Obviously, it's disappointing, but at this stage of the season, there's no room for negativity. We've just got to rally behind the lads and hope that they can get us over the line. That's it. That, that you know, we if every fan can have their opinion and make their judgments come the end of the season. And if that is you believe it was promotion or bust, then, you know, so be it. I've seen other people say, look, this was always going to be a, a two year, 18 month type project. You know, I feel like we've had two different teams almost, which sounds ridiculous, but it does feel like that first half of the season team is almost unrecognizable, even though many of the players are the same. Um, you know, James Jones is a completely different player now. Ollie Palmer's completely revolutionised the team. Even people like Aaron Hayden have taken massive leaps. Uh, Max has come in and been a different player. I know Harry Lennon was good. The issue is that I, <laughs> Rich, and I think this is across all levels, football is just incredibly hard to enjoy at this sort of juncture of the season. I just think it's so painful because you're frantically, you know, people around me at Boreham were frantically refreshing uh, Twitter feeds and live score and you know, bending, betting suspended on uh, the Chesterfield game when Stockport get a penalty. And it's just agonising until the final whistle. And, I, and it really took, uh, you know, I was at Bournemouth, it really took a, a Nathan Ashmore who, look, if we think Ollie Palmer knows the dark arts of the game, and Nathan Ashmore, I think, wrote the manual because he had a blinder. He knew how to run the clock down. He made a number of good, good saves, could do nothing with Mullins, strike, which is fabulous. And, and you know, Mullin surpassed Shamanga now in the, in the golden boot race. The thing is now about the reason why it's important to stay positive is because a couple of reasons that for me it's important is we, we've seen before, Rich, how we can fall away going into the playoffs. Why, you know, the players get tired physically and emotionally. The fan base just become tired it's a long old season and you know emotions are, are sky high and, and up and down and and then there's you know there's the element of teams coming up on the hall you know they're coming up with with steam you look at Solihull now it's important we believe our own hype I might have said that before but it's important we've realized how good a team we are and the resources we've got you know you saw Jake Hyde come back at the weekend got a bit of a run out you've got Tom O'Connor itching to play more Tyler French has come in, and yes, we've got injuries to key players, but there's no reason, man for man, why I would look at another team in the playoffs and be fearful, or I would want to change four or five of our players for theirs. So, yeah, it's it's about look, and and Rich, lest we forget, we've we we lost narrowly to Stockport at the start of the season, went one nil up, and should have done better in that game, some poor defending. But we beat Stockport not that long ago at the race course. And that was one of my moments of the season. So we have to channel that energy again. And, and we were there together that day. I mean, this Stockport team isn't unbeatable. Let's, let's not, you know, even if they do go on and win the league, they're not the, 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 the greatest team in all the land that we've ever seen. They're a good team, but they're beatable, especially yeah, at home. They've lost as many games in their last six games as we've lost in our last 23. So, you know, they are beatable. And like you said... You know, I think the FA Trophy game was a bit, and we'll get onto this when we speak to uh, Stockport reporter Sam Byrne later in the podcast, because it was a knockout cup competition, the later stages become a bit more stretched where this weekend they might be shut up shop sort of territory. So there's always going to be that caveat. But like you said, we, we matched them at least, didn't we? And if we can do that this weekend, we've got the players who, who can win you the games. Uh, I mean, I guess everyone just needs to realise that there are positives at the moment. I mean, I won the fat ball competition at the weekend. And well done. I saw that. Well done. 
Yeah, so it was the weekly competition where you got to predict who Wrexham's last goal scorer would be. And I was thinking, it's going to be one or two. So I'm going to go Mullin because it's Paul Mullin. And I thought 54 minutes has a nice ring to it. And lo and behold, I did win, but, but at what cost? I did not feel like a winner come full time, let's put it that way. But at least that's something to look forward to when I head home this weekend. But I think that one player who oddly might have come out of this weekend very... <sighs> Well, maybe actually that's harsh. I, no, I was going to say someone's come out even better is maybe Aaron Hayden because you know he is his composure in those key moments is just something that you don't really get to measure. Tyler French was exceptional on Saturday and he was good against Boreham Wood. There was just that one little rash decision yeah. for the penalty at the end, which he didn't need to make. But you know, this is non league football, and again, there's players all over the pitch who make mistakes, but they don't get exposed as much as giving away a penalty in the 90th minute. So to think Tyler French, to, to say Tyler French is the only player in the Wrexham team who's, who's making mistakes and even made mistakes at the weekend would be complete rubbish. It's just unfortunate yeah. that it happened in the manner which it did. But again, I think it also just proves that, you know, Aaron Hayden is so key to keeping the calmness and the composure at the back. And that's just because he's played more games. He's, experienced and he's been part of that cohesive unit all season so it's by no means criticism of Tyler French but it's more me just thinking oh, I do miss Aaron Hayden and in yeah. a way it's almost testament to Hayden being one of the the best players for his this season it yeah I mean not many other players get to wear the magic hat unfortunately um no but what I think you know I'd said after Weymouth didn't I that I thought Tyler French was my man of the match in, in a 6-1 win, which some people scoffed at, but I, I still think that, I stand by that. I think he was the best player on the night. As you say, he, he was superb and got man of the match against Offend. And and I was I was there seeing the players get onto the bus after as they were kind of uh, refueling with some dominoes, which I believe is, is fairly common, but yeah, it was uh, they, they were stocking up on some on some dominoes, a little bit of pizza. And they, they looked... Tyler in particular looked absolutely devastated, like the world had crushed him. And, you know, you could see some other players trying to lift him as he was getting on the bus. And I saw Humphrey and others there that were just trying to rally him. Because the last thing I want is individuals to start getting the blame for us not saying, look, just the worst case scenario, Rich, you know, you've said this before on the podcast. If we don't go up, it's no one individual's fault, whether that comes it, it you know a, a mistake in the player final or in the semi-final or whenever the case may be you win and lose together as a team and you know we've been a great great team for much of the season but we we started slow and all we can do now you know what all we can do rich in this immediate moment while we record this before we record another next week is all we can do is beat stockport and if you beat stockport you you replant the seed of doubt that they've basically dug up after the Chesterfield game. All you can do is beat Stockport. You beat them if you can beat them by a couple of goals. You go top, and sure they've got the game in hand against Torquay. But we've spoken before to the the national obsession lads, and you're not telling me for one minute that Gary Johnson's team are just going to want to roll over and get their tummy tickled. And you know they missed out last year on promotion, and they're still smarting from that. So. I'm sure they would absolutely love to spoil the party. And then if it goes to the final day, the pressure would all be on, you know, would would be on then for both teams. And and, and it's a case of, can you do it? And, and we've given everything. So I think, look, to, to still be in with a chance, however slight, at this point in the season, 
it's it's not over yet, Rich. It's it's still on, and I, in a way, the documentary crew must be praying that it gets to Dagenham and they can start one scene with Paul Rutherford crying in the dressing room after he gets sent off at Dagenham and, and ending it with uh, Ben Tozer and Luke Young lifting a trophy there. That would be kind of... Uh, they might get an award for that. Maybe they'll get a BAFTA of some kind. I don't know. Uh, but maybe they, if that's the way it goes, the narrative arc, maybe they'll get something. But it's it's not over yet. All we can do, I think, Rich, is just apply maximum pressure. And that's, that starts with... with filling out the race course, getting a huge crowd and, and, and beating Stockport. Exactly. And I think my last point as well on, on the weekend, Tyler if Tyler French you know, might be getting scapegoated for giving away a penalty, but without Tyler French, we probably don't beat Southend at the weekend. So he's already gained his points you know, in the last mm. you know, 48 hours before that game. So yeah, like I said, we've just got to move on, be united and, and see what happens. And like you said, the seed of doubt, the pressure will all be on Stockport. They've already blown an 11-point lead to let us back into it. And, you know... Yeah, why not? You're there to dream. And, you know, that's what Rob and Ryan have said since they took over as well. We can always dream, can't we? Like you said, it's been a great season no matter what happens. Bring on the playoffs is that way, but we're not going to go out without a fight. And like you said, Stockport this weekend should be an interesting one. I'm still feeling very nervous. I was I get onto this when I speak to Sam later in the podcast. Um, the, the thought of them winning the league, though, the Kairas. I mean, at least we don't have to give them the guard of honour, which looked yes. like it was certain for quite a while. It almost feels like Stockport have teased us and purposely dropped off in form just to make sure that Sunday's even more agonising than it ever needed to be. But I just don't know what to expect from that game. And again, it comes down to maybe that team news and... They're going to be without Will Collar, who's been, you know, arguably one of the most their most influential players of the season. We're without Aaron Hayden, two very evenly matched sides, two teams who are both League Two quality, if not even League One quality. So it's just going to be another really good spectacle, and it's going to be so interesting to see how they do approach the game because, like we said, they head into it three points ahead of us with a game in hand. We can't afford to lose, otherwise the title is completely over. Mm. A draw maybe just delays the inevitable. It still keeps us just about in touching distance, but then it means that another point for them in either of their last two games wins wins the league as well. So do you think we'll go gung-ho? Do you think we'll go all-out attack? Or do you I, think I we'll still to, play it like a chess match? I was about to say, here, here was a question. I'm going to answer your question, Rich, with a question, which is classic uh, sort of politics speak. But... The, the key thing I've noticed in the last couple of games is the the trade-off at fullback. I mean, McFadden, you'd imagine, will start, and he's come back in there now. We saw Bryce, and it looked like he, he limped off. It seemed that way when he went off against Boreham Wood. Riesel Johnson obviously came out and then came on. We've seen McAlinden and French has played out there and, and, and all sorts of others. Do you... Is, the, is this the Tom O'Connor game? Is this where... You do try and, and go a bit more of a chess match. You maybe play O'Connor and Young, which I know would be harsh on James Jones or vice versa. I quite like having Young in there. So do you play those two and Jordan or do you do you just go as, as we've been? JJ, Young, Jordan and obviously the fronts are going to pick themselves. Jake Hyde's definitely an option off the bench now. I think he'll be your first striker. It was interesting that both Kwame um, and Ponticelli and McAlinden were all there 
in the stand, you know, in the stands, a lot of them. Um, so they were all down there, uh, not involved though. And Dior, I believe, is out for the rest of the well, I say out for the rest of the season. I think he's been out injured for a while now. It doesn't seem like that's um, come out really. Uh, but he 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 seems to be sidelined, so he's not, he's not a factor. Um, so it's great to have Jake Hyde back in. I don't know whether I just think maybe this is the kind of high stakes game where you need just someone to, to keep it ticking over and a bit of a screener just to screen that defence because at the moment it's Tozer plus two guys next to him who who are young. You know, this isn't uh, someone who's got hundreds and hundreds of games under their belt in, in Max Kluwerth or or Tyler for that matter. You know, Tyler's come back in now and he's playing regularly and, and, I, and I like a lot, but I don't know whether this is the type of game where you do go with O'Connor from the start and, and you maybe go back to Reese. Paul Johnson at right back, or, or you go with Hosanna, Rich. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that it's a, certainly a good argument for Connor to come in. Again, I think because you've not got Hayden, you need a bit more solidity, really, and a bit more protection from the midfield itself. And, you know, as we've mentioned, they don't have Will Collar, but Andy Cannon will likely start, and he, he ran the show in the trophy game. And, you know, the two goals they conceded came when he was off the pitch. So I do think the midfield battle will be crucial this weekend. Jordan Davis is the best attacking midfielder in the league. Um, Luke Young's been excellent, excellent since he had that sort of drop out of the team. Was that in early winter? And, you know, obviously he was scapegoated at first. He's come back mm. and been flawless. And, yeah, Jones has been great as well and been getting goals and he's a constant threat. But Tom O'Connor, I mean, the other argument you could say, Nath, is maybe do you change formation and go with a diamond. I don't think you do, to be honest. But, you know, it's certainly something you could do in-game, in which Parky's done at different stages this season. He's gone to that diamond or a flat-back four. So there's certainly options. And I think that the other maybe worry, though, is that he could do a Pep Guardiola and overthink it. We've got a winning formula. We've got this team, this setup that's worked so well for, like I said, these last 23 matches that just play to our strengths. And I know Stockport yeah. are ahead of us in the league, but like I said, they've lost three of the last six games. We know we can beat anyone. We've proven that. So a fully I know obviously we're not gonna have a fully fit Rixham side given that Hayden's out, but and and obviously no Dibble. Oh uh, sorry, no no Leighton, so Dibble will be in goal. But that team's still been great. And we've still got enough mm. and we've got the match winners. We've got such good quality in the final third that I think that you've almost got to play with no fear. I think if we if we're tetchy and the fans start getting agitated and we get nervous, that's when we're there to be beaten. We need to go in with, with arrogance. You know, we might end up with egg on our face, but ultimately, this was never our title. We can't lose the title because we've never had it in our grips. Stockport have. The pressure's all on them. So I say we just go out, play our game. If we lose and we lose to a, a better side on the day, then they deserve to win the league. But if they're not a better team than us, then they don't deserve to win the league. So I say we go out there we just play our own way, expansive football if we can. And yeah, just make the most of that strike force because that is an incredible asset to have. And I think that, you know, that's when we're at our best is when we're on top of these games and when we're not worrying too much. And I think that you can overcomplicate it because the occasion takes care of itself. The players all know the permutations. The fans all know the permutations. But if the Kairos is rocking, the home crowd are in good voice, Stockport will start to start to get worried and they'll start to think in the back of their heads, is our title slipping away? And if Wrexham go goal up early on, just imagine that. And yeah, we've just got to embrace it. Yeah, I, I, it's amazingly, you can't lose something you don't actually have in your grasp, Rich. Amazingly. Um, so, look, it 
it's of course we want to win the league and we've had there's no escaping there have been opportunities but when you look at the actual results in isolation a draw with Solihull who I think are, are one of the best teams in the division I think though you know that the table speaks for itself but I don't think maybe they get talked about as much I think they're one of the best teams I've seen this season isn't a bad point that isn't a bad point on Good Friday just not having that that could have been the first result of the season and 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 I know we drew with them there but that that's a good result for me Boreham would if it wasn't for the FA Cup run would would be right up there I think they'd be pushing us for a, a top three spot um so you know they've just played too many matches ultimately for the squad they've got they're a good team a point away at Boreham Wood isn't dreadful you know and and kind of the other ones okay the the Woking one is the one isn't it where you look at it and, and that that was just disappointing that that was you know Kings Lynn beat Woking 3-0 I think at the weekend so that that was just the classic case of the Wrexham scalp a team that raised and played way above their level to, to, to beat us and, and did us in, in on TV and, and that was that was the one for me that was disappointing the other two I think in isolation without you know without seasonal context aren't horrendous results <laughs> horrendous results drawing to Borenwood and and Solly Hall and, and I think we said this a while ago Rich if the title would have been long gone and Stockport would have done their job and sealed it the, the atmosphere would be completely different now because We'd just be playing with a bit of freedom, and I think I think even though we're the home team, I think Stockport do go to the race course with that pressure of having to see it out. They've got to go and close it out with a a packed away support, and the key thing will be: can we silence that away support early? Yes, we're going to get all these chances of you know um, we're top of the league, and you know F Wrexham, we're going to win the league, and 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 that's part and parcel of it. And you'll be there in the tech end, and they'll be to your left. But if you can just get a quick start, get an early goal, it just, it, like I say, I've said it already, I'm, I'm I'm banging on the drum here, it just plants that seed of doubt. What are you made of now mentality-wise? You know, can you go into the cauldron, which would be the race course, and people all scoff at that as county fans, I know they will. Um, can you go there and do it? And if you do, hats off to you. You've been a very good team. Got a lot of, you know, friends who follow Stockport and good luck to them, but all we can make them do is work for it, Rich. That's all I want. I just want us to go there, back, you know, we say back the boys, but, you know, back the boys for for the full 90 plus five, whatever it is. You know, this season, think of Eastleigh, last minute drama. Think of Dover. All right, the the, the quality of opposition is different, but it's proof that the fans can can drag you over the line. In Stockport, we need to create a, an atmosphere of intimidation for these Stockport players. The last thing I want is to see us to fall a bit flat just because maybe we're not getting the performance you want to see and, and, and then stop Paul winning at a canter. That'd be my worst nightmare. So let's just make it as difficult as possible. And if they win it, they win it. And, and, and so be it. We go on to, you know, road to the London stadium, but let's uh, not make it Galatasaray. I'm not sure. I'm not expecting some kind of Turkish welcome to hell. Uh, ultras. Yeah. <laughs> do we do that? Do we do a welcome to hell banner outside Wrexham General or something? Welcome maybe? to hell or something. Do we do we have flares? I don't know. Flares seem to be the aim of the game. Did you see Richarlison threw one back into the crowd? The blue yeah. one for Everton. So um, no, but you get my point, don't you, Rich? We've got to just try and make it as raucous as possible because this is it. This is the last home game potentially of of the season. That'd be the ideal scenario. If it's not, we've got two. We've potentially got Rich two massive home games left, and and they need to be the best atmospheres of the year. 
which, exactly. which, which would be, 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 be some going. And no matter what happens, this weekend just needs to be a celebration of how much this team has achieved and how much they've come on since the start of the season. Like we said, they had that awful start, 17 points from a first possible 39, did I say, or 36? And then 36, yeah. And then we're, we're where we are now. So, yeah, the, the team has, has evolved, it's developed, and let's just hope that the Kairos is a happy place on Sunday and that, like we said, if we go down fighting, then I'll be proud and I'll be happy because ultimately it ha- isn't, some of these recent results which we'll see is fall short if that happens but like i said just when we're about to send our angry tweets as we all sort of drafting you know want to rip our hair out let's take a step back and just evaluate where we're up to at the moment it's still you know like i said very much in our hands if we win the next five games we'll be promoted and we will have won a trophy as well so yeah we've got to keep the faith keep the faith now and let's make sure that the boys are really well supported at the weekend and like we said it will be Stockport County and you might remember Stockport County reporter Sam Byrne from when we did play them in the FA Trophy he joined us on the pod at that time and he joined us again on the podcast this week to look ahead to that match and yeah I guess without further ado let's hear from the Stockport County point of view and what they're expecting from Wrexham this weekend. So welcome back, Sam. It's been a long time. Wrexham, of course, triumphed in the FA Trophy semi-final. We've got a trip to Wembley to look forward to in the coming weeks. But Stockport look like they might have a trip to the Football League on the horizon. It's been lots of twists, lots of turns. Wrexham fans dared to believe. It looked like we were well out of the title race, 11 points behind. We cut it down to just a singular point. Of course, there's the defeat at Woking. There was that last-minute penalty against Boreham Wood over the bank holiday, which felt like a defeat itself. Stockport did win with a penalty of their own. The two sides meet again in the National League this weekend. Stockport with a three-point lead and a game in hand over Wrexham. From our point of view, it looks all over, but I'm sure you're just as pessimistic and concerned for yourself slipping up again on the Stockport side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you, you know, what fans will always talk and there'll be some Wrexham fans trying to to say it's all over, some will trying to be keep the, the hope alive, and on the flip side, there's plenty of Stockport fans saying it's it's all done. Plenty saying you know we've we've been bitten before, um, when we've kind of thought you know eleven points clear, eight points clear, that it's all done and dusted, and it, it's been there's been fans talking of oh when are we going to win it, and when can we plan a parade, and when can we plan this, and obviously you know it doesn't football doesn't really work out like that, especially for Stockport and Wrexham fans, um. So it's by, you know, it's by no means all over, and that's not just kind of that's not just lip service to, um, to keep this Sunday interesting. You know, any kind of win for Wrexham this weekend will mean that there's plenty of nerves at Stockport going into the the two final league games, both at Edgeley Park against two good teams. You know, you know, Gary Johnson will always be a threat with Torquay, regardless of them having nothing to play for, um, and and Halifax will most likely have a a top three finish to be to be playing for on the final day. So plenty of football to be played and obviously this this Bank Holiday weekend has eventually um done county a favour. But even even within that weekend there was plenty of twists and turns and at one point it looked like I'd be coming onto this pod with you guys top of the table and talking about trying having to win at Wrexham on Sunday and now it's kind of gone the other way a little bit but plenty of football still to be played and I don't know why any Stockport or Wrexham fans 
given what both clubs have been through, would would rule out any further surprises. Yeah, it was difficult for us on Saturday, rooting for Borenwood and then despising them on Monday when they ruined our own sort of plans to observe you. But you mentioned there that you've been through uh, your own twists and turns this season and you're never going to get carried away. Full-time, though, on Monday, the, the 1-0 win over Chesterfield, did that feel like a huge sort of relief after, you know, you, it's almost, from a Wrexham point of view, it feels like you've almost teased us just to think, oh, we might be able to win it just so you can win it at the race course. <laughs> it, it felt massive. Like, it, it, I think it it would have felt massive anyway because we were coming into the game on the back of three defeats in four in the league. Um, but I think it's fair to say it wouldn't have felt as massive as it did had, had Boreham would not equalised. I mean, I was... You know, there was four minutes injury time at Chesterfield, and I, I don't think I saw a single minute of it. I was, I was just staring at staring at um, at Wrexham's Twitter feed, looking for updates on that, and um, because it felt, you know, if we go into this Sunday a point ahead, um, albeit with a game still in hand, um, you, you just need every advantage you get, you, you can get at this stage in the season. So, um, it felt particularly kind kind of massive, but um, but like I say, it's. That's not to say that the job's done, just that on the run that we've been on and after the low of Saturday evening, um, after the Boreham Wood defeat, and looking like we'd not blown it, but looking like we'd we'd handed all the momentum to Wrexham, um, it, it did feel a, a, a big relief. Um, but like I say, it's, it's a massive game on Sunday and I don't think what happened on Monday for both sides, I don't think any of that makes it any easier. I think Wrexham, massive crowd, uh, last home game of of the regular season. Um, if it goes if if it goes into the playoffs, um, and obviously we, we're coming into the game having lost at the race course last time out as well. So, um, so I don't think the twists and turns that we saw over the bank holiday make the game any easier for Stockport. I think maybe they can they can approach a game in in a way of saying, well, the pressure's off us to an extent because we don't have to win, whereas Wrexham will feel that, of course, they do need to win just to keep it alive. So maybe they'll, they'll take some solace from that and some some relief from going into the game knowing that it's it's not a must-win. Um, but other than that, I think it's still going to be, as it was in the trophy game, the two best teams in the league, um, taking it right down to the wire. Yeah, you mentioned that trophy game. We met on the second of April since then. Stockport, in the league at least, have beaten Southend 5-0, then lost at Grimsby 2-1, beat Solihull Moors 1-0, a really good victory that, then lost away at Yeovil 2-1, lost at home, of course, to Borenwood at the weekend, and then beat Chesterfield on the Monday. So that's three wins and three defeats in the league since we did meet you in the in the FA Trophy. In terms of the opposition Stockport have faced this season, then, and you don't just have to sort of, you know, kiss our backsides here, but where have Wrexham ranked in terms of that Stockport of teams that Stockport have faced, is there anyone else who've been able to match that sort of level of performance, or is it really for you the two best teams by by quite some distance? Now it, it's it's the two best teams in the league. You know, cream rises to the top, and that's that's ultimately what's happened with when we played in in late twenty twenty one at Edgeley Park. I think you were ninth and we were tenth, or, or the other way around. And um, I think anyone that watched the game that day would say it wasn't the two best teams in the league at the time. Um, but, and of course, there'll be plenty of opposition fans and clubs that say, well, it should be the two best teams in the league with the money that's been spent. And and that's a fair point. But at the same time, 
spending that money doesn't mean that that you're going to necessarily be the best team. I mean, look at look at both of us at the start of the season, kind of languishing in in almost mid table um, with a really inconsistent start to the season. So, <clears throat> I think that trophy game is is the best game I've seen this season. Um, it was, I mean, it was League Two, League One quality, really. Um, over you know over the whole game over across both sides. Of course, it you know Wrexham kind of and um, I don't want to say nicked it, but Wrexham right, right at the death kind of won it. I think if that was a league game, I think it would have ended as, as a draw because I think if you look at Mullins' absolute screamer, um, I think you guys got got a corner. We broke to try and win the game, and yeah. you broke back on us. If that's a league game. Maybe you don't you don't commit as many bodies forward for the corner. Maybe we don't break and try and win it. Maybe we just clear it down the channel, or we play it into the corner, or we you know we look to kind of solidify ourselves at the back. And maybe then when when you win it back, you don't try and break again. It's I think because it was a cup game, a cup game, and because it was kind of you know there's nothing to lose in a sense. Um, that that's kind of how the the winning goal came about. And of course, then when when Stockport are trying to make an equaliser, um, Mullin does what he does and, and does a really good finish away. So I don't think, in terms of the result of the game, it, it genuinely could, gone, could have gone either yeah. way. Um, and I think most fans of both sides would, would have said at the time that it was the two best teams in the league. I think um, I think I remember seeing as well a fair few fans of, of other clubs talking about seeing the highlights of that game or being there live and... and Kind of acknowledging that it it was the two best football sides, um, and and ultimately that's how it's panned out. I think um, obviously Chesterfield were up there for a long time. They played out a two all draw at Edgeley Park in February. They were second at the time, and it it looked at that stage like Stockport and Chesterfield would kind of be the two um, to, to play out the the title race for the rest of the season. They've dropped off, and and Wrexham have done unbelievably well to be so consistent and um to, to to churn out the number of wins that we have done and you know i think the biggest compliment that both sides can be paid is if if one of the two of us wasn't here this season the other one would have already won the title by now um it just so happens maybe it's typical for both of us really given the history of both the clubs and um what what both clubs have had to go through over the past few decades that it was never going to be that easy and we find ourselves both in a position where um where it's not done yet because of of the other side refusing to go away and that leads us nicely to this weekend then Stockport will win the league if they are victorious at the race course there is a sense probably from most directors as I said that the title is already gone but a draw as well would truly just only prolong it but it would at least mean that you aren't celebrating on the pitch at full time. <laughs> Stockport headed into the weekend then, like you said, they're not going to be taking anything for granted, given recent form, given recent slip-ups, and like you said, the pessimism in the fan base that if you were to lose this weekend, then the next two matches don't look so comfortable either. Stockport then, do you think they would quite happily settle for a point this weekend? But how do you expect Dave Chaloner's side to actually set up? Um, it's an interesting one. I had this conversation last night after the um well at the time of recording uh, after the uh the the Chesterfield game on Monday evening had had the conversation with a few Stockport fans on the journey home um a few that were that were kind of of the opinion that they'd take a point 
I it's a difficult one because if you offer me a point now, I'd, I'd probably say no because I think they'll go there and try and win the game. But if at full time it's a point, then it's by no means a disaster to go to such a, a formidable side, a formidable home side as well, especially, um, and for it to, to be a point. Obviously, that suits Stockport a lot more than Repton, um, especially with that game in hand. But I don't think I'd, I'd settle for a point now, and that's not to say that I think Stockport will win, but I think we can afford to go there and at least try to win the game. And if we get to 70 minutes, 75 minutes, and it's it's in the balance... What I would say from there is I don't think Stockport will, will push on and try and win it as the probably tried to do in the trophy game. Like I say, um, the fact that it was a trophy game, the fact it was a cup game, meant that both sides could could throw caution to the wind and just go for it, really. Whereas um, this time, while I think Chalina will set up to try and win it, like I say, if we get to the closing stages of the game and it's all even um, and it's all square, then I, I think that they'll probably be happy with with what they've got on the day and, and be happy with the point and go into the Torquay game just needing to, to get over the line. So it's it like like it was in the trophy game, you know, I said it was going to be difficult to predict and that was ultimately how it how it kind of panned out, going right to the wire. Um both sides having good chances, both sides having spells of dominance. And while obviously the makeup of the game this Sunday will be different because of maybe Rex and need to come at come at us a little bit more. Um I think it will still be the same kind of pattern in terms of it being a really close run, close run thing. And in terms of maybe what Stockport have changed in in the recent games since since we played you, any players to to look out for who maybe didn't play in the trophy game, or any other players who are who are in good form at the moment? Fans in in both sides that that said, well, after the Wrexham winning the trophy, that'll that'll knock Stockport a little bit. The game after that was a South End game where the we blew them aside five nil, um, and it looked like there was no kind of hangover from the trophy game. And then even from there, we went to Grimsby on Good Friday, uh, went one nil up, and we were completely dominant. Um, Anthony Sarsovic got a straight red card. Can't really have too many complaints, uh, and we we just we just kind of capitulated really in terms of. Um, I think there was a fair amount of shooting ourselves in the foot going on. Uh, we had the red card at Grimsby record at Yeovil when we look like getting back into the game and then two awful goals against Boreham Woods concede to, to gift them the three points really um, so it's not been a case of players coming into the side, it's been more players that were now missing um, since then obviously Macaulay South and Hills is, is out probably for the season um, he's a big miss down the right up and down the right um, Anthony Sarsovic has been a big miss over the past three games and it's no coincidence that, that we've lost two of them and, and kind of scraped past Solihull in the in the other one uh, and Will Collar will miss out who's a big miss in midfield scored, he's into double figures for the go- in terms of goals this season from midfield um, really up and down both both boxes um, and kind of a real engine in the middle really for County and, and he played in the trophy game uh, and won't be available on on Sunday. He'll be serving the third of his of his three match ban after getting a red card at Yeovil. So it means Andy Cannon will probably be involved. Who I, I think it's fair to say. Um, I know a few Wrexham fans were impressed with his performance. The number eight for Stockport um, in the trophy game. He came off in that one at nil nil, 
and I, I think it's like I say, it's fair to say it probably changed the the momentum in that game, and Wrexham kind of kind of took control from there. So he'll be he should be involved on Sunday in midfield, and like I say, Sarsovic being back is a massive bonus. Um, and as as of late, Scott quickly hasn't been starting. He should have had a goal or two at the race course in the trophy game, but he had one well saved by Dibble and one off the line. Um, he's, he's just kind of his performances have, have fallen flat a little bit in recent weeks, and um, and that's meant that that Courtney Duffus has, has come in. Uh, he was signed on on loan from Morecambe on deadline, what was effectively deadline day um, last month. So he's been not really involved because he's not been match fit, hasn't played a lot of football for Morecambe this season. But he started at Chesterfield, was really unlucky not to score, had one off the crossbar at Chesterfield on Monday, held the ball up really well, a bit of a battering ram, but can can bring it down as well. So if Challoner is tempted to go with with that same strike partnership, then we may see Courtney Duffers partnering Paddy Madden, which would probably be a, a bit of a difference than what Wrexham fans saw with, with Scott Quigley um, at the race course last time. So, <clears throat> like I say, it's not so much players coming in, but I think it's players coming back for Stockport and, more importantly, players missing out in Will Collar and Macaulay Savin-Hales that, that make Stockport not as... probably not as effective as they were in terms of um, high-pressing and high-energy because Will Collar adds a lot of that, and as does South and Hales. So I think when Stockport went on that big run of winning games, I think it was 22 out of 23, that was a team they had. They had South and Hales in there every week, Collar in there every week, Crowsdale, Sarsovic, and a few of those have been in and out over recent weeks. So it, it may be a case of, of players being big misses for County on Sunday rather than the players to look out for. Of course, like we said, we can't really get away from the fact that you could win the league title as well. I'm not sure from a Wrexham point of view what would be worse, having to give you a guard of honour in the first place or you being celebratory at full time knowing that you have have won the league. But on social media, whenever either team drops points, you can go to the replies and you can bet you all the money in the world that there'll be opposition fans in there um, goading each other, having a bit of banter as, as you might call it. But um Still a lot of respect Stockport fans have for Exxon and maybe the the struggles we've had over the last 14 seasons in non-league? Yeah, of course. I think you know the rivalry is because of, of what's happening in, in the league table and, and what's happening in the title race. If you know, if one team if one of the two sides was at the top of the table and one was sixth or seventh this season, I don't think there'd be fans in each other's Twitter replies, goading each other and having that banter. It's just a, a circumstance of, of both clubs um, being up at the top and, and having that kind of healthy rivalry and, and, and competition to, to, to win the race. Um, you know, It's not a case of should Stockport win the league or should Wrexham win the league. I don't think it's a case of either side you know, turning around and saying, oh, I, I don't want them to win the playoffs. I don't want them to come up. I think... You know, I think I touched on it in the last time I came on the pod before the trophy game. It just feels a little bit like like the two clubs are kind of destined to to be doing battle for the next few years in, in a number of divisions. If both can go up this season, I think League Two is... If you look at the history of teams going up from the National League and doing well in League Two, there's quite a high percentage. Even this season, Sutton are chasing the playoff place. 
after going up last season. Hartlepool before uh, before Challoner left, they were up in the playoff places at the start of the season in League Two. I think it's the nature of this division with the one up automatically that just raises the stakes a little bit. I think if you you know, if we fast forward twelve months and Stockport and Wrexham are both, say for example, both in League Two and both in the top three or both chasing promotion, I think you don't see as much of that that rivalry and that banter because let's face it, if if the National League this season had what League Two has and had two or three automatic mm-hmm. places, we'd we'd both be both sides would be would be partying by now because we'd both almost be up, be there or, or be there already. So I think it's just the nature of the the one up um in terms of automatic promotion from this division that that makes it that that bit more agonizing and obviously both both sets of fans are, are desperate for their side to get over the line first but you know whoever it is that, that does get over the line I think I don't think there'll be too many bad wishes from either side to the other in the playoffs and um and like I say from for my money I, I just do think that, that both sides will be We'll be doing battle in in the football league over the coming years, and and to be fair, two clubs that have done more than a fair share of time in non-league and stuck with the club, stuck with both clubs, big numbers of of crowds every week. I think it's it's fair to say that it's two clubs that really deserve it. Well, Nath, they don't get any bigger than this then, do they? You're coming up for the game. What are you expecting? I mean, we've both already bought our tickets for Dagenham away on the last day of the season, haven't we? I, there might be a few uh, empty spaces in that away end if things don't quite go go to plan this weekend. But it's exciting, isn't it? It is exciting just to be involved in a game like this at the end of the season. We've whinged so much before, haven't we, that we've gone into the last few weeks of the season with nothing to play for. And now that we've got it, let's just embrace it, surely. As gut-wrenching as it would be, I, I really hope it just gets to a, a final day shootout where both, you know, a BT must love that. The idea that they could be panning from ground to ground. I'd, I'd just love a scenario where Wrexham are involved, where they're flying the trophy over via helicopter between Edgeley Park and is it Victoria Park where Dagenham play? I, I just love the idea. You know, you see it in the Premier League, don't you, all the time if there's these two teams where... That you know they fly the trophy over the top basically, or they you know whatever it is. I'd love, I'd just love it to come down to the final day, and I know that it's playing with my heart. But you know what, Rich, this weekend I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, you know, people have listened to this all season and they they will have heard me be quite pessimistic. I'm somewhat optimistic and maybe more optimistic than you. I don't know. I just think Stockport, though they, that's a good win at Chesterfield, even with Chesterfield struggling, but they've shown plenty of chinks in the armour, as have we, admittedly, but there's just something about final, you know, final regular season home game, huge crowd expected, there'll be a massive away following, you know, it. this is it, these are, these are the big games, if we want to go up and play, you know, it's the League One playoff semi-finals this week, in a couple of years, that's where you want to see Wrexham, uh, you know, through, in the next five years, that's where you want to see Wrexham against a I don't know, a, a Sheffield Wednesday or... A Stockport Sunderland County, maybe. Stockport, you know, the, these are the two teams which... And there's an element of every other team just wants to see the back of, of Wrexham and Stockport because they know if if we don't make it, we, we're only going to go and get the same players we were planning on getting anyway. 
and and there is the risk that you could just go and win the league at a canter, you know, by by March next season. If you've got the full, you know, if we'd have had Ollie Palmer from the start of the season, who knows? Pure pure speculation. But I would like to think that we'd be we'd be better off, much better off. So we'd already be playing our trophy parade if we had. Yeah, we 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 planning that open top bus parade past the horse and jockey and and home bargains probably Eagles Meadow. Uh, but now this weekend I'm. I'm going to go 2-1, Rich, which I think I think we will score first. I think they'll peg us back. The, the key worry for me, the worry for me is Andy Cannon, because as you already alluded to, he ran the midfield in the last game with, with some ease. And that was from him having barely played. I think he stopped, but fans were saying he wasn't fully fit then. Um, and, and for me, these players watching the tape of that game... You know, I'm sure the keeper won't change. I'm sure the keeper won't be able to reprogram himself. I'm sure he'll still be coming out, and Mullen will be looking for those chips again. But we've really got to stamp our authority on the game in midfield, and that's partly why I kind of want to see O'Connor in there. Um, and you know, that's not a knock quality wise in the rest of the midfield. It's just he is a different type of player, and we need someone who can get their foot on the ball and and dictate the play. Um, so yeah, midfield battle will be key. I think if whoever wins that, which is the old cliche, but whoever wins that is going to win it. And look, Stockport's wing backs, much like ours, if you can get behind them, you can win the game. So I don't know, maybe Jake Hyde come on and get the winner. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? After all he's been through, it would be uh, or Luke Young to finally score a goal this season, something like that. I don't know, just something to cap off this whirlwind season. I'm sure the owners will be listening in or following it. I know they're coming over very soon. I'm not sure it won't be for the Stockport game, but they'll be back with all their family for Bromley. It's interesting, which before I let you go, I, I bumped into uh what was her name now? Kellen. It was a US actress who had braved uh Boreham Wood and it was only her second Wrexham game. So she'd seen she'd seen us away at Barnet and she'd seen us at Boreham Wood, which I felt like were not the two best places to go to be honest. Um but let me see if I can find who she was. She was a friend of Humphreys. Come over, All Kellen Coleman. Is, yeah. Kellen Coleman. If you if you if anyone knows who she is, uh, she was very friendly, and she's becoming an avid Wrexham fan. All I was going to say is the only thing that <laughs> makes Paul Mullins chips better a salty Stockport fan. So yeah, let's just back <laughs> the boys. Let's hope for some positivity this weekend. I'm going to go for Wrexham. 3-0 win. If I can win the oh. fat ball, if I can win the fat ball competition, Wrexham can beat Stockport. You know, stranger things have happened. Who it's knows? On. I'll be eating my words next week. I might not actually mean it, but come on. It's been an incredible it's season. On, we beat Dover from 5-2 down. We had the Eastleigh win. We had the Wilston win. We had the Notts County win. When we get written off, that's when we really perform at our best. Yes, it hasn't gone the way maybe some fans wanted it to, but maybe we were just getting too greedy. Out of nowhere, we've salvaged a title fight and we're not done yet. We're going to back the boys. We're going to make some noise. Nath, you'll be there. I'll be there as well. Rob Brown Red will be with you every step of the way for the rest of the season. If you want to get in touch, robbrownred at gmail.com or you can interact with us on social media at robbrownred on Twitter. It's going to be a big one. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll be there to pick out all the pieces next week. Come on, Rexham, it's not over yet.
Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.